0: all stand up together, and clap your hands if you like.
1: Who breaks the power of sin and darkness, whose love is mighty and so much stronger, the King of glory, the King above all kings, who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder, who leaves us proud. King of glory, the king above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You would lay down your That I would be set free Oh, 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 Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me Who brings
0: the chaos back into order?
1: Who brings the chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan? A son and daughter, the King of glory, the King above all things, who rules the nations with truth and justice, shines like
0: thank you for your amazing grace. Without it, we wouldn't even be here this morning. Lord, may you fill every part of us Christ in me Christ in me
1: Christ Christ in me
0: but uh, can we sing that first verse again? Jeff, can you throw those slides up again? God in my living, there in my breathing. God in my waking, God in my sleeping. God in my resting, there in my working. God in my thinking, God in my speaking. Hope this is your prayer this morning.
1: my Comes my way when I feel your hands of grace rest upon me. Staying desperate for you, God, staying humbled at your feet, I will lift these hands and pray.
0: Love came down.
2: Great to have you here. Kids, you can come on up for the children's message and everyone else may sit down. What are the things that you do? You hug, okay? What else do you do if you say goodbye to somebody? You wave, okay, goodbye. You hug, you wave. Anything else? Is that all? Is that all? You can high five them, okay? What else? You just say goodbye, right. Okay, so we're gonna talk about that. How many of you have ever been on a cruise? All right, been on a cruise. A lot of you have been on a cruise, okay? You've been on a cruise on a big ship. Well, sometimes when you go on a cruise, you know how they say goodbye? They do this. They throw all kinds of ribbons, and sometimes there's balloons, and sometimes there's a, a band playing, and it's a celebration. Right? It's a celebration when you say goodbye. Now, sometimes we're sad when people leave, and sometimes we're happy when people leave. Now, have you ever been to a goodbye party? Anybody here been to a goodbye party? A few of you have been to a goodbye party? Okay. So the next picture is we have some kids there, and, and they're on a goodbye party. And you know what? I was wondering, I was thinking about that. Like, Why would somebody give somebody a goodbye party? So why would somebody give somebody a goodbye party? We always have birthday parties. Why? Because maybe they're not going to come back. Okay, why else? Well, they're going to college. Okay, I had a goodbye party for my kids when they went to college. Okay. Maybe gonna move. What? Maybe they're going to move. Right, you have a goodbye party. Would you ever have a goodbye party to somebody because you're really happy that they're leaving? Oh, no, that's not a happy goodbye party, right? Like, let's have a party. You're leaving. Yay, don't come back, right? No, that's not what we want, all right? We want to say goodbye to somebody that we hope we might see again. We say goodbye. We hope that we'll see them again. But sometimes we won't, or we think that we won't see them again. And in the Bible, there's a man named Paul. And he was going to say goodbye to some friends. And the friends were people in a church called Ephesus. And so there's a Bible verse up here. And I want us all to read it together. And this is how Paul said goodbye and how they said goodbye to Paul. So let's read it. Adult as well. Let's say it together. Now I am putting you in God's care. I am depending on the message about his grace to make you strong. That message is able to give you the blessings that God gives to all his holy people. When Paul finished speaking, he knelt down and they all prayed together. They cried and cried. They were especially sad because Paul had said they would never see him again. They hugged him and kissed him. They went with him to the ship to say goodbye. Now... When they said goodbye, they did a lot of things, right? They prayed together. That's a good way to say goodbye. They hugged each other. That's a great way to say goodbye. And they kissed each other. That's another way to say goodbye. Have you ever kissed somebody and said goodbye? Like if your mom or dad are going away for a little trip, or even sometimes when you say goodbye and you're going off to school, you give them a kiss. It's a sign of affection. And it's a sign of love. But does anybody know what the word goodbye means? Does anybody? What do you think it means? You're leaving? Okay, it has that meaning. What do you think it means? Have safe travels? Okay. Anybody else have an idea what it means? No? Well, I want to show you what it means. I'm going to tell you what it means right here. Goodbye means God be with you you. Can you say that? God be with you. And that's really what the word goodbye means. That's what it came from, from the words that said, God be with you. And so when you say goodbye to somebody, you're not just saying leave. You're not saying so long. You're not saying, oh, I'll never see you again. What you're saying is, I want God to be with you. And so today, And actually, all this week, I want you to try to remember that when you're going to say goodbye to somebody, don't just say goodbye. Say, God be with you. Can you say that with me again? God be with you. What are we going to say when somebody's about to leave? God be with you. One more time, what are we going to say when we say adios? God be with you. All right. Well, I'm going to say to you right now, God be with you. All right, Because you're going to go off to promised land. All right? But I'm going to say a prayer, as they did with Paul, and then you're going to go to your classes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning, and thank you for the promise that you go with us. So when we say goodbye to somebody, they're not going alone. You are going with them, and that's our prayer. Goodbye is a prayer. God be with you. And so, Father, we pray that God would be with us all the places that we go. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to start with Are there pre-K and K here. Stand up. Pre-K and K. Uncle Herman, that door. That way over there to the right. Pre-K and K. Go ahead. Head on out. First grade to third grade. Stand up. First grade to third grade. Going back there with Auntie Mercy. Straight back, straight back, and 4th grade through 6th grade, Uncle Eric, that way, excellent.
3: Good morning, everyone. Um, as the children leave, may I ask you all to get up and just greet one another What a wonderful Sunday. Um, sorry, you have to bear with the story from me here right now because Pastor Curtis just reminded me when, uh, when we were talking about goodbye um, at the end when we, when we sent somebody off. Uh, Interestingly in Germany we have in southern Germany that's predominantly catholic we have actually something very similar when we greet each other we say uh, may god bless you or may god greet you the northern northern germany is predominantly protestant so when we when the southern germans greet it, the northern germans may god with may, may god be with you may god bless you northern germans would always say yeah but not too early <laughs> just just came to my mind. There was a little... <laughs> anyway, on to more serious stuff. Um, we will have uh, child dedications coming up on Father's Day. And we also um, want to let you know that if you're interested in a child dedication, uh, please see uh, Pastor Jerry, see um, uh, Pastor Curtis today, as long as he's around, before we say God bless you. And, um, uh, and, and, and uh, let them know that you're interested in, in, in child educations. Again, they will be on Father's Day. Um, then what also begins today is actually our registration for our sports camp, what we traditionally called VBS. Um, that is going to happen today. We are going to start today, um, not only if you want to register your children, but if you're also interested in helping out in volunteering um, please let us know if you if you need a little time to think about it. You can also obviously put it down on the welcome card um, and just indicate that you're interested in helping out with, um, with VBS or sports camp this year. Um, then later this week, on Wednesday, May 4th, we have our prayer circle from 8 to 9 p.m. at the Campbell's House here in Irvine. We also have a seniors Bible study, which will be held on Thursday, at 12.15 p.m. at Irvine Presbyterian Church, just across the street from here, where we also have the park, so uh, very close by. Uh, speaking of the park, the park will be meeting next Saturday from seven to nine, again over at the uh, at the Irvine Presbyterian Church. And if your children have friends that are interested, friends that also would like to join, please uh, let them bring them along. Um, I, I'm sure they will enjoy their time uh, with the park as well. And then for the man, um there's some male bonding going on as you may know beginning on May 14th um every second saturday of each month um at the Woodbridge village here um at 7 a.m. 7 a.m. let me repeat that on a saturday <laughs> um uh men will be meeting somewhat reluctant to say we will be meeting because i haven't quite committed yet men will be meeting to uh to just bond to talk to uh, just spend some time with each other and um, enjoy a good coffee and donut. Um, at this point, I'd like Dwayne to come up with a little announcement.
4: Okay, thanks, Freddy. All right. you know how many of you um, find it hard to get exercise during the week? Anybody? How many of you like to drive? Huh? You like to drive? <laughs> How many of you like to come on Sunday to to worship and serve the Lord? Okay, we have a job for you. <laughs> okay, actually, um, to to participate in this um, in this um, opportunity, you need to have a trailer hitch, all right, on your vehicle, and uh, we're just looking for volunteers that um, um, become a part of uh, of the rotation to pick up the trailer in the morning and then drop it back off in the storage facility. It doesn't take a lot of time. Um, You do have to dedicate a a couple more hours before church, maybe about 8 o'clock, and then maybe an hour after church to drive it back. But um, it is something, um, you know, actually we just lost one of our rotation members, Ferdy here. (laughs) I don't know why he sold his van, but... (laughs) But if, if, if you do feel that this is um, something that you want to do, you want to, um, or you're interested in, you can contact Andy, or myself, or Daryl, or um, Pastor Curtis, Jerry, anybody, okay?
3: God has my- mysterious ways to get you into work and get you out of work, so what can I say? It was not my plan. And... And by the way, it's much more like the lower right hand. You're not going to drive a big rig. Right? Just, just so we are clear on the scope of the job here. And also no yellow jacket needed, right? Just, just to be clear. Anyway, at this time, I'd like it hand, to hand it over to Pastor Curtis. No, Pastor Jerry.
0: Thanks, Ferdi. Um, Ferdy already alluded to it a little bit. Uh, Curtis and Carol will be beginning a sabbatical um, starting tomorrow, so today's his last Sunday with us, and he will be gone for 12 weeks, all right? So uh, we just want to bring them forward and offer a prayer for them and bless, ask God's blessing upon them as they begin this time. Um, sabbatical is a time of rest. It's not necessarily vacation, although I think, I know that they, they will be doing some traveling. And um, it's really a time where they're going to kind of refocus and re-energize their their spiritual lives and their physical being as well. Um, They want to really take care of all aspects of their life in a holistic way, and we want to encourage that. So I'm going to ask them to come forward and have them sit in the, uh, the mush pot here. And I'm uh, going to ask have the elders come forward, so Glenn and Daryl. Um, actually, I'd like to, the current deacon board, whoever is part of that, to come forward as well. And then anybody who's part of his small group that wants to pray for them. And we're going to lay hands on them and, and uh, pray for them. And for all of you else, everybody else, you can just sort of put your hands out and... Uh, ask for God to, to bless them as, as, they, uh, as they begin this time. And I'm pretty sure, K- Curtis, you're going to share a little bit about some prayer, prayers that you might have during this time, right, in your message. But you want to share a little bit about how we can pray for you?
2: One of the things that we really want to do is walk with Jesus. And um, as I've been thinking about setting one goal for this time, it would be to have a real relationship with Jesus. Um, As a pastor, my relationship with Jesus grows so much because of my work, but that is only part of me, and I think it's much more important that uh, for both Carol and I that our relationship is built just because of our relationship with God through Christ, and so that would be my number one prayer, is that. Carol and I would experience just what it means to walk with Jesus, what, without, you know, the daily, the normal routine, and really enjoy each day with Him and seeking Him and knowing Him in a new way.
0: Uh, Carol, you have any uh, thoughts or?
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, I'm going to ask kind of a represent representative from each group to pray. So. Actually, Jack Lynn, could you pray for him? Is that okay? And then uh, Yenting, can you also pray for Curtis? And then Daryl, will you pray for him? And then I'll close. All right, we'll start with
3: Jack. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for bringing C- Curtis to this group, Lord, and uh, for all the services that he's given us, Lord. And thank you that for all these years that you've spoken through him, the message you want to give to us, Lord. And now it's time for him to be restored in you, Lord, to rest and to be refreshed again, Lord, and to discover that brand-new feeling for the first time that he met you and the first time that he saw you and the first time that you pick him up and walk with him, Lord. I pray also the same for Carol as they walk with you together, as they discover you together through just routine rest and small time, uh, quiet times or through their travels, or in every single way, Lord, that um, you'll refresh them throughout this time. In Jesus' name.
5: Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for Curtis and Carol, Lord. Thank you so much for um, their ministry, Lord, and their shepherding, and their guidance, and their love, and their care for us, Lord. I pray for this time for them. I pray for um, travel mercies. I pray that you would protect them and watch over them. I pray that they would really be able to see you, Lord, in the promised land, Lord. See you, Lord, uh, just in everyday life, Lord. See you uh, in each other, Lord. And I just pray that um, as they go through um, the sabbatical, Lord, that you would be doing Uh, wondrous things in their lives in their their spiritual lives Lord restoring them uh, as Jack said Lord and just really being able to Lord replenish uh, their reservoirs Lord so that they can continue to serve and overflow when they come back uh, to us Lord I pray that you would meet their needs uh, both individually and also together I pray that um, spiritually and emotionally and just everything Lord that you would build them up and Lord I I, once again, I just want to thank you so much for their leadership. I know that it can be draining and it could be a lonesome, Lord. And I just pray that you would um, touch them in the ways that only you know how to, Lord. And uh, ultimately, Lord, that they would seek you and find you and just be restored. Um, I thank you so much for the blessings of, of their love. And I pray that they would um, just um, go away with a really um, a holy experience, not because of the trip, Lord, but because um, they they are met by you. In Jesus' name.
6: Father, thank you that as a church we can release Curtis and Carol to you for this time of sabbatical. And um, we pray that it's a quick transition, Father, from being busy to being um, at a at a state of rest, that you would help them to not um, get stuck in busy mode. And um, at the same time, Lord, we pray that they would not uh, just completely check out that, um, they would be plugged into your Holy Spirit as you seek to refresh them and renew them and to um, to walk with them. And uh, so, Lord, may it be a sweet time for them. Uh, may it be a strengthening not of the, not only of their personal relationship with you, but of their marriage bond. Um, and um, Lord, may this whole time uh, ultimately be for your glory and for your honor. I pray this in your name.
0: Lord, we give you thanks for uh, Curtis and Carol for their commitment to you, for their dedication and devotion to one another and their love for the church. Father, we pray, Lord, that they would find those quiet times uh, of rest with you and that they would really have opportunities to connect with with one another um, and, and build an even stronger bond in their life. Pray for their family, Lord, for their children as they're... Um, fending for themselves a little bit, and we pray that you would watch over them, give them safety, give Curtis and Carol safety as they travel as well. We know that um, they're going on an an exciting journey, and we pray, Lord, that your spirit would go with them. Thank you for their ministry here. We pray that you would bless them as we have been blessed by them. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've been talking about community,
2: and the last five weeks, we've been talking about what it means to be a christ centered community. Everything that Harvest stands for must stand for Jesus. And everything that a Christian's life should stand for should stand for Jesus. So it only makes sense that at certain times, like today, when we would say goodbye to each other, that we would be able to have a Christ-centered goodbye. We would be able to say goodbye in a great way because We've also said good hellos. You know, the same thing that we do when we say goodbye, right? We hug, we high-five, we shake hands, uh, we might even kiss. Well, those are the same things we do both times, right? Whether we say hello or whether we say goodbye. So our goodbyes, to be the very best goodbyes, are built upon constant and consistent and wonderful hellos. And so we go into the Bible today and we look at Paul, and a church of leaders, and the leaders of a church. And these are the people from Ephesus and other churches in the area, and they are in a place where they are getting ready to say goodbye. Now, as we talked to the children, uh, we were saying that the word goodbye actually means God be with you. So if we look at it, okay, if we look at the word God be with you, right there, it's actually, you can see it's a contraction. Goodbye is simply a contraction. So God be with ye, God be with ye. And so as it was from the late 1500s, but as it's come to us today, it became a contraction of a contraction, right? And so it's easier to say, and especially in our English today, we don't say, God be with ye, we say goodbye. But we didn't know what it means. It means that when we say goodbye to somebody else, really they're not alone, but God is with them. And so we look at our scriptures today, and we look at Acts chapter 20, and we begin at verse 13. Now, our main passage will begin at verse 18, but 13 through 17 gives us the background and the context for this goodbye. And so I'm going to read it, and you can follow along in your outline. If you notice, our outline's a little different today, because it's important that we see the whole scriptures, because we're going to be looking at all of them through each of the portions of the points. And so it says, we went on ahead to the ship and sailed for for Assos, where we were going to take Paul aboard. He had made, made this arrangement because he was going there on foot. When he met at Assos, he went, we took him aboard and went on to Mytilene. The next day, we set sail from there and arrived at Chios. The day after that, we crossed over to Samos, and on the same day, we arrived at Miletus, Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia, for he was in a hurry to reach Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. Now, there is a lot of geography in there, right? Okay. Well, Carol and I, when we go on to our sabbatical, um, we're going to be going to Jerusalem. So we're just going to be hanging out around here from the Sea of Galilee and um, down to the Dead Sea. We'll be going all around here, and that's where we are going to be. Well, Paul wanted to be there, but he wasn't there. He was up here. Right? He was up around here, and there's, um, there's Assos. And he was there, and he wanted to get to Jerusalem as fast as possible because he wanted to be there for a celebration called Pentecost. So we see all the other cities around where he, he was um, going by and the, all the islands that he went through. And there we see where he stopped at Miletus, and he's now at Miletus. This is where our passage takes place today. But he called for the elders of Ephesus up here, it's about 30 miles north, of Miletus. Because he was in a hurry, so he didn't want to stop at Ephesus. He asked the leaders to come down and be with him because he had a message for them. He wanted to say goodbye. He wanted to be able to give them instructions of how they might live because he thought, I'm never going to see them again. And yet he was going on a way to Jerusalem because he had gifts that he had been receiving. Paul had been collecting gifts up here for the church in Jerusalem because the church in Jerusalem was poor and was in great need. And so Paul had been on this third mission trip. He'd been collecting offerings and gifts. And so he wanted to bring it to Pentecost on that day because Pentecost is a celebration of thanksgiving to God for all that God's given to us. So doesn't that make sense? That Paul would want to be there on Pentecost so that he would be able to literally be able to give the gifts that God was providing for the people of Jerusalem from the other believers all around Asia. And so God was using Paul to give a good goodbye, but at the same time to be an ambassador of saying hello to the people of Jerusalem. And so as we go now into the main portion of of our scriptures, we're going to be learning about how we say good hellos so that we can also have good goodbyes. And these are things that we need in a Christian community because that's what builds the love and the fellowship and the closeness that we have. Well, the first quality that Paul had, we're going to see in verses 18 through 21, is that Paul was a man of truthfulness, and this is something that he wanted to leave with the Ephesian leaders. He wanted them to understand that just as he had been truthful, they needed to be truthful with each other. They needed to be truthful with God. So would you read with me the verses that are there in your outline? And we're going to read just verses 18 through 21 right now. Okay? So let's read it out loud together. When they arrived, he said to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, although I was severely tested by the plots of the Jews. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance And have faith in our Lord Jesus. So Paul was telling them, you know what? You've seen how I have lived among you. He says that in verse 18, you know. You know how I've lived among you. In verse 19, it says, you've seen how I have served. You've seen my life. You've seen me put the truth of what I believe into action. Again in verse 20, you know You know I have not hesitated to preach. Well, this is how you and I are given as an example by Paul, how we ought to live. That when we live in truthfulness, then the truth is that we also open up our life to other people. We open up our life so that they can see it. Paul was saying, you know what? I give you permission to examine my life. I want you to know, and could you say to somebody else, I, I'm humble. I'm a humble person. And when somebody says that, they better be humble because people are going to be going, really? But Paul says it right there. You know, I was serving and I was humble with humility. Not only that, but with tears, with emotion. And God wants us to know these are the things that happen when we open up our life to each other. He said, inspect my life. Can you say that to other Christians? I want you to go ahead and inspect my life. I want you to be able to see what I do. I want you to see how I live. And when we do that, when we have a community of people Where we can do that. Like, just, it was wonderful. I didn't know how Jerry was going to lead the time of prayer, but I'm so glad he asked our small group to come up here. Because that's the people that we share our life with, and we share intimate prayer requests with. We can cry with each other. We can laugh with each other. We can drink coffee with each other. And we have a good time. We experience all of the life together. And this is what God wants in community, this is what He wants in His church but it's built upon something. It's built not upon the emotion. It's built not upon just the fellowship. It's built upon the word of God. And so Paul was also telling the truth of the salvation of Jesus Christ. And he was saying to everyone, and he was telling to the people on his mission trip, and he was telling it to his disciples who had come to know Jesus, that this is what life is really all about. And so we begin at the second half of verse 24, and I'll read it, and you can follow down to verse 27. And Paul's saying that the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. That was Paul's work. Paul's work was telling others the good news, the salvation, the wonderful grace of God. And then in verse 25, now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Paul saying, you know what? I'm going to be leaving you, and you're not going to ever see me again. But you know, you know that I've been faithful of telling the truth. And and I know that we all have friends who need to know Jesus. And we never want to come to a place where we would never see them again and not have had the opportunity already to share about the love of Jesus Christ. And Paul is saying that this is the most important thing I did. This was my work. To tell you and to teach you so that you would do the very same thing. To tell other people to not forget. To not ignore the reality of God's love for them. And that Jesus Christ is real. He is filled with wonderful grace. And this is good news. And I didn't hesitate to preach to everyone so that they would be able to know the truth. The truth. And that's the first quality of a good hello that leads to a good goodbye. But the second one is a quality that's within every heart of a true and genuine believer, and that is toughness. God wants all of us to have a toughness, and this toughness is so that we can live for Christ and for this very good news that Paul said he's been preaching. In verse eight nineteen, Paul says, I serve the Lord with great humility and with tears, although I was severely tested by the plots of the Jews. And then in verse 22 through 24, he says, And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Paul is saying that I have suffered I have suffered severely by the plots of the Jews. And I even know this. I know that if I go where God leads me, I am going to experience jail and I am going to experience suffering. But he says, you know what? I don't care about that because I have a goal. I'm willing to experience persecution. I'm willing to go through anything because I want to share Jesus with other people. I'm willing to be tough. I'm willing to go through the things that are hard. I was um, at the gym a couple of weeks ago, and uh, there's this man that I've seen there uh, different times that I've been there, and he's blind. And I think he's completely blind. And the gym's not a big gym, it's probably about three times the size of this room, but he'll go from one side to the other side, and I'll see him there with his white cane, and he works, and he's tapping all the machines, and he knows his way around. Well, it just so happened that the week that I was there and I saw him, um, he was moving from one machine to another, and so he was gathering all of the things that he carried with him, like his bag and his white cane, and he was carrying some other things so he could exercise. And so he brought everything over, but I saw that he had left his cane there on the floor. And so I walked over to him, and I said, you know, would you like me to get your cane for you? And he goes, sure, that would be great. And so I went over, and I got the cane, and I handed it to him. And he goes, oh, could you do me a favor? And I said, sure, what is it? He goes, could you go get me one of those tension ropes? Um, and so it's sort of like this. It's a little different at the gym, but it's sort of like this. And it's just a tension rope that you use when you exercise. And, and so I know that these different ropes have different colors. And the different colors um, represent strengths. Like the green ones is the easiest one, and the red one is the hard one, and the orange one is sort of medium. And so I said to him, oh, which color would you like? <laughs> and he faced me. And he said, "I don't care what color it is." And I'm thinking to myself, "Oh no!" You know, like, ah,
1: you know, oh my gosh,
2: what am I? I was like, I'm so embarrassed. It's like, oh. And so I, I, I knew what I was thinking, okay? Because I was thinking, you know, what color do you want? Because I know that the colors have different tensions. But I said, oh, you know, what? and he didn't need that. Um, but I went and got him, you know, the highest tension uh, rope so he could exercise. But if you look at this guy, I mean, he is built. And, and he is strong. And, and when I'm at the gym, he inspires me. Because when he can't see, and he works his way all around the gym, And he is so strong in his body and so built and so healthy. And I think about that for us as Christians. We can see. Do you realize how many blessings we have? You go to school. You know how many kids in this world cannot go to school because they don't have enough money? We have health. You know how many people in this world don't have access to health care or to good health? We have freedom to read the Bible. And there are places where it's illegal to have a Bible. We can join and pray whatever we want. We can do it publicly. And there are places where you'll be arrested if you pray publicly, if you're caught being a Christian. We have Bibles. And there are places in the world where they might have one Bible among a village, Can you imagine what that's like to not have the Word of God? And we have all of this. And we have Bible apps. And we have scripture memory apps. We have prayer reminder apps. We have church apps. We we have everything that can possibly want. But are we blind? Because we haven't taken advantage of of all that God's given to us so that we would be strong. And Paul's saying, look what I'm going to go through because I am strong in Jesus. And I want you to be strong in Jesus too. I want you to live as if Paul were, as if I were Paul. And as if you and I together would live the way that he lived, he was saying, you know what, I don't care what life gives to me. I care about what I can give to life. I don't care about what other people give to me. I care about what other I can give to other people. He had a single-minded passion on God, and that passion led him to give to other people because he loved Christ. And he loved sharing the good news. And this is a toughness that God wants all of us to have. And another toughness that Paul had that God would want us to also have is a toughness that is for our own selves. Okay? Among all the people that we're close to and then for all of God's flock. For other Christians. And of course, this was talking to the elders. Let me read this to you. Verse 28 through 31. And Paul speaking specifically to the leaders of the church. And he says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Circle those words because those are the key words of this whole passage. He bought with his own blood. Know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. Be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Be on your guard. Keep watch. Take care of yourselves. Make sure that your heart is pure. Make sure that you are serving the Lord as the best that you can. And then watch out for other people too. Take care of the flock of God. Protect them because there are enemies on the outside. Paul calls them savage wolves. There are people on the outside who want to come in. And you know what? This is our world today. You can read it in the news. You can see it not just in our nation. And certainly we can see it very much there that Christians are being persecuted in different ways here and the things that we so cherish are being tested and some are being trashed and some are being told that we cannot do these things. For example, years ago we could not pray in our schools and it just keeps going down and down and down. We see this. There are savage wolves in the world who are telling us that we cannot do and should not do what God says we must do And so God wants us to be aware of that and to be careful. And one of the jobs of your elders is to protect you and to say these hard things and to let you know the truth so that you can be strong. But then Paul says, not only are there dangers outside the church, there can also be dangers inside the church where members of your own man might arise and distort the truth in order to draw the disciples away. I thank God, I don't think that's happening here in Harvest at all. But it, it can happen if we don't teach the truth, if we don't hold on to the truth, if we don't preach Jesus. But as long as we could just stay focused on this great truth, that we have been bought by the blood of Jesus. Jesus came so that we would have his life in us, and he gave his life for that very purpose. In John chapter 10, verses 10 and 11, the Bible says, and these are the words of Jesus, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. God wants us to see ourselves as sheep. God wants us to see this congregation as a flock. God wants our elders, our leaders, our deacons to take care of the flock because Jesus shed his blood over all of us and to examine our lives. Is there a toughness within us so that we would give the best that we can for God? Now there is then this Hard truthfulness that we live. There is this strong toughness that Paul says. But the last two qualities are just filled with emotion. And the third quality of these believers as they learn to live together and say hello. And as they experience this, they also say goodbye is tenderness. Tenderness. Would you read with me verses 32 through 35? Verses 32 through 35 in your outline. And uh, we'll see here the tenderness of Paul and of these men. Let's read it together. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul's words, his affection for these people was just filled with so much emotion and so much tenderness. He had done so much. He had shared the word of God's grace. He had sought to build them up, all for Christ-centered community. This tenderness was to be experienced in Christ. Centered union. Acts 20, the first verse there, verse 32. I like the translation in the message version where it says this. Now I'm turning you over to God. That's like saying goodbye. God be with you. Now I'm turning you over to God, our marvelous God, whose gracious word can make you into what he wants you to be and give you everything you could possibly need in this community of holy friends. And you can look around here, and all these people, we are holy friends. We're not just people you don't know. We are holy to God, and we are to be holy to each other. And we are to be a community of affection and of tenderness. Paul says, we ought to work hard. But why should we work hard? You know, it's not to earn credits with God. It's not to get brownie points. It's not to get paid. It's not to sweat. We are to work hard so we can help the needy. We are to work hard so we can help the weak. And most of all, we are to work hard so we can be like Jesus. So that we would be able to live a life that Paul says, Jesus Himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's what Christ-centered community is about. That's what work about. That's what work is about. We work because it's more blessed to work and to give to others than have other people working for us. God gives us the opportunity to be generous like Jesus. And so our tenderness is in Christ-centered community, just as our tenderness is in Christ-like generosity, a selflessness of our own heart, a desire to help those who could use the help that we can give. We might be a little stronger those that are weak, who are struggling with things, maybe physically, maybe emotionally, maybe financially. But in all the things that we do, we're always focusing on Jesus who is tender, and who is tender to you and to me, and who says to us that he loves us. No matter what we do, he loves us. He loves us for who we are, and we don't have to change to be loved more. But because he loves us, he will help us to change. And because he loves us, he will help us to become the people that he made us to be. And Paul says this in genuine tenderness, and so much tenderness that there's tears. And we read about these tears throughout this passage. We see it in verse 19 again, where he says, I serve the Lord with great humility and tears. And then in verse 31, when he was so worried about them and he wanted them to be protected, he said, so be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. And then in verse 36 to 38, when he had finished speaking, he knelt down and prayed with them. They all cried as they embraced and kissed him with goodbye. They were sad most of all because he had said that they would never see him again. Then they escorted him down to the ship. God wants us to be able to say to each other, God, be with you. He wants us to be able to say, as Ferdy said, when we greet somebody, God bless you. God bless you in coming. God bless you in leaving. God bless you in fellowship. God bless you in sharing. God bless you in caring. God bless you even in sorrowing. God bless you in rejoicing. God bless you in praying. God bless you in studying the scriptures. God gives us emotions that come out of the heart of a person who is doing the things that God gives to him to do as their work. And as we serve the Lord, these emotions just naturally will happen. In all of our lives, some of the best moments are when we have tears. Of course, we hope that there will be tears of joy. We hope that there will be tears of laughter. We hope that there will be tears because we're so proud of somebody and of what they've accomplished. That's why so many of us cry at weddings, even if we're not the ones getting married, because we have an affection for those that we care about. And this is what God would have for all of us, whenever we might say goodbye to each other. Now someday, we're going to say goodbye to goodbyes. But that won't be until Jesus comes again and we're with them in heaven. But we can read about what it's going to be like when we will no longer have to say goodbye in the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 17. Would you read this with me? For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Jesus is your shepherd. Jesus is our great shepherd. Jesus will give us forever springs of living water. And then God, our Heavenly Father, will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And then in Revelation chapter 21, verse 34, would you read this with me? I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever goodbye to tears, goodbye to homework, amen, (laughs) goodbye to problems, goodbye to weak bodies, goodbye to emotional distress, goodbye to the worries of financial concerns, Goodbye to the hurts that we feel when other people do things that are wrong, that hurt us. Goodbye to the feelings of sadness when we hurt other people and do wrong things. Goodbye to sin. Goodbye to everything that once hurt, destroyed, and was dark. But hello, forever to the things that are bright and the things that are light and the things that are love and the things that are good. These are the things that we live for. These are the things that we look forward to. These are the ways that we greet one another with the hope of Christ and of life so that we say hello to people so that they will be able to know and experience this love that passes understanding and this hope that gives life. So as God bids us goodbye at different times, we bid each other. God be with you. Let us pray. I'
0: want to continue worshiping the Lord together. Um, if you had an opportunity to fill out that welcome card, you can just tear it off and drop it in the offering bag as it comes by. And this is our, another form of worship as we get back to God. We're going to close with this hymn, Be Thou My Vision, Lord of My Life. As we say hello, as we say goodbye, may God be the only thing that we keep our eyes on. all stand together.
2: I want us to do what we did five weeks ago when we began um, this short series on Christ-Centered Community. I'd like us just to join hands and to make a complete circle through that. Uh, you don't have to go to the side. Just join hands with each other and across the aisles. And the worship team can come on down as well so that we can join in this circle. Okay, so Marissa, come on this way, Jessica, okay, now let us pray. (laughs) Heavenly Father, you unite us in our hearts and unite us through faith, and as an expression of this as being united by hands, we ask, Lord, that you would continue to draw us ever nearer into your sacred care. We pray that you would draw us into the peace of Christ that passes all understanding. We pray, Father, that the hope of Jesus Christ would continue to grow in our lives. We pray that even as your word tells us, that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be with us now and forever. Amen and amen. God be with you.